You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live this morning. I'm Emily Leadham. And I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. We have had a fantastic morning with lots of great conversation already. Uh, Before we jump into our next segment, we just want to remind everyone that you can catch any part of today's episode on Real Presence uh, radio.com uh, to find any of the segments in podcast form, which is a great way to keep up on all of the wonderful local programming coming your way. Uh, if you happen to have to step out of your car or go to a meeting or have a child melting down, whatever life stage <laughs> you find yourself in today, uh, just know that you can always get caught up on the best of Real Presence Live there. Amen. So we are joined on the phone by a priest of the Diocese of Falls, Father Steve Jones. Father Jones, are you there? I am, and good morning, uh, Emily and Chris. How are you? We are doing well, Father. How are you today? I am fantastic. So, Father, before we get into our topic, uh, which we had teased before the break about the three comings of Christ, three ways that Jesus Christ comes, uh, want to first just give you an opportunity to introduce, introduce yourself a little bit to our listeners uh, on the show today. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yes, I'm, a, uh, as you said, a priest of the diocese. I am uh, currently the director of the St. Thomas More Newman Center at the University of South Dakota in Vermilion, South Dakota. And I'm a late vocation, so I've been a priest for eight years. And uh, before that, I had a career in electrical engineering, aerospace engineering in Southern California, and also in marketing. So I have a a, a background, an MBA in marketing. Uh, So I did all that work in the the world in in Southern California and was actually born in Minneapolis. uh, But my mother's side of the family is rooted in South Dakota, so my mother's side of the family uh, homesteaded in Wallace, uh, which almost no one knows where it is. You no, know, where's so, Wallace? Uh, yeah, <laughs> Wallace is up near Watertown, just west of Watertown, northwest. Okay, uh, and it's the next town north uh, from Florence. What used to be what used to be yeah. the old railroad line there. Okay, okay. So you said you've been a priest with the diocese for eight years now. Eight years, yes, and okay. uh, yeah. So when I was ordained, I was fifty-three, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, I want... it's very joyful. Very joyful, and uh, uh, to be a priest uh, and to give my life for Jesus. So, uh, yeah, highly recommend it. <laughs> In your previous life, quote unquote, were you a practicing Catholic, or did you have a conversion to the faith, which then led you to the priesthood? Yeah, I had a reversion. So I was, uh, I grew up Catholic, <clears throat> uh, but. Um, because of certain things that were going on uh, in the family. Um, I lost my faith uh, when I was part of my late teens, and, uh, and then wandered around sort of in a spiritual desert for about 15 years. And then when I was 34 years old, I had this reversion experience, uh, mm-hmm. Emily, that completely changed my life. and was sort of like Jesus grabbed me by the collar, so to speak, and said... Uh, you know, come follow me. And so uh, he gave me that great joy at that moment in the reversion, uh, and that joy has really never left left me, despite, you know, many great trials, of course, the trials of life. Uh, but, yeah, that's my, my, my reversion 
was the key moment in my life. Father, you keep using the word joy, and I'm, I don't know if you're doing this deliberately or not, but what did we just celebrate two, two days ago, <laughs> Father Jones? Yeah. Well, we call it Gaudete Sunday. Which means uh, what? It means be joyful. So Gaudete is a Latin word. It means, uh, you know, it's, it's called the imperative, tense, meaning the Church is telling us, and actually it's a quote from St. Paul from Philippians, he's saying, be joyful in the Lord, uh, and he says, and again I say be joyful uh, because the Lord truly is near. So in Latin it's gaudete in domino semper, be joyful in the Lord always. And so it's sort of a theme for our Advent preparation that what, what are we doing in Advent uh, is preparing to receive the Lord in this, in this joyful way father as i was as i was um on sunday thinking uh praying uh with the readings and with that entrance at Tafan, rejoice in the lord always i say again rejoice um what was struck me is you know if i told you father father rejoice like or if i told an average person you can't just like what do you mean? Like joy is just an emotional response you have to some something that provokes you or prompts it in you, or whatever. What do we mean? What does Paul mean when he like it's like you said? It's an imperative. It's a command. How, how can you? How can we be commanded to rejoice? What would you say to somebody who says you can't really command somebody to rejoice because we can't just turn it on? Uh, in fact, we can, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I, I would say there's, yeah, it's, it, what he's saying is that when we are looking at Jesus, when we are looking at Jesus, Jesus, I trust in you, Jesus, I love you, Jesus, I believe in you, Jesus, I want to turn my soul towards you, that that act of the soul, we could say con- conversion, you know, a turning, the root of that word is a turning, that act of the soul disposes us to joy. So it's not like yeah, it, it's the command to turn towards the one who will fill you with joy, mm. fill you with a joy from beyond this world. So it's, it's sort of a disposition. Like, oh, I obviously can't create joy, but um, uh, Henry Nowen, if, if you're familiar with him, the theologian and priest Henry Nowen, he talks about, he says, what's the difference between joy and happiness? He says, while happiness is dependent on external conditions, joy is the experience of knowing. Joy is the experience of knowing that we are unconditionally loved and that nothing, sickness, failure, emotional distress, oppression, war, or even death can take that love away. And so then now one says that joy can be present even in the midst of sadness. So that, that's what St. Paul is talking about. He's saying, bam, I'm going to hit you between the eyes. Look at Jesus, uh, and that's where you'll receive your joy. Mm. So as we approach uh, Christmas, can you share with us, we want to talk to, with you today a bit about the three comings of Christ um, mm-hmm. that Advent helps us prepare for. So what's the first of the three comings? Well, the first would be the coming in, in the flesh. Uh, 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 as, so the, the Messiah, uh, the, you know, that's Hebrew for anointed one, 
and then we say Christus in, in Latin, uh, uh, anointed. Uh, and so the, 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 that first coming in the flesh was where the people were praying for, to, for the one sent from God to come and save us. And, the one, and so the first coming would be that historical reality. Yeah, Christ was born at Bethlehem, uh, and, and God himself took on human flesh mm-hmm. in the way that was totally starting with star- startling. It went way beyond anyone expected from the Messiah. The Jews were not expecting you know, God to become man, but God, St. Francis says, the God of surprises, blew way past what anyone expected. He said, yes, I will actually take on human flesh and take on the human condition so that the people may be saved. And so, yeah, that's, as theologians say, the greatest event in human history is when God becomes man, and that's what we call the first coming in the flesh. So, Father, I think most of us, I think that's probably the, the, the coming of Jesus that most of us think of first, maybe exclusively when we're thinking about Advent and, and Christmas and, and preparing for Christmas. You know, it's, it's, you know, we tell our kids, I tell my kids, we tell our kids, you know, it's Jesus' birthday, we're going to celebrate Jesus' birthday, et cetera, et cetera. That's where there's presents. Well, how come we're getting the presents instead of Jesus? Well, never mind. It's, <laughs> um, but how can we, so, so knowing that, how... How, how, can you help us just briefly? Um, we've got a break coming in about three minutes. Uh, how can we enter into that mystery, this this coming, uh, in a new way? How do we? How can we see it in a sense afresh, as if we had never have before, so that we can be struck with awe and delight uh, in response to it again, joy? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. So if. The trajectory for that would be if we look at sort of all of the three comings. You know, we can come back to them. But basically, the, the, what the Church says is there's the first coming in the flesh, then there's the third coming, which will be the judgment. You know, we usually call that the second coming. But, it, but anyway, there's the first coming in the flesh, the third coming is the judgment at the end of time or when we die. And the second coming... It, which is in the soul, connects the first coming with the third coming. And so the answer to your question, I would say, is what we want to do during Advent is to cultivate in our souls the receptivity. We're cultivating the receptivity so that, well, I want to receive the joy of Christ uh, in the midst of my Advent preparation, you know, as I'm as I'm traveling towards the great feast of Christmas, which will begin on Christmas Eve, so we could talk about more specifics about how to do that. But the general trajectory is I'm cultivating my soul to receive, and that connects the first coming in the flesh, and then the third coming at the end of time or my death. Why? So let me follow it up with this. Then why why do we celebrate the first coming at all? I mean, isn't really the second as the one in my soul and at the end of time? Aren't those in a sense uh, of, of greater priority for me now? Why, why why do we look back? Well, great question. Thank you. Yeah. So what, what the church has, you know, as you know, what, uh, the, what we call the liturgical year. So the liturgical year is sort of taking the whole. Uh, 
salvation history and sort of playing out before us uh, in our own person and in our own souls during the year. So there's a great power from of organizing ourselves spiritually around this around the liturgical year, and so that as we are coming up to celebrate the first coming, uh, what then should we be doing? Well the, well, the Church says, in order to celebrate the first coming, we need to prepare now to receive Him, and so that, that when that day comes, when Christmas Eve comes, I've done my confession, I've done my extra prayer, I've done my time with the Lord to uh, prepare myself, and so then there's an explosion of joy as I celebrate this liturgical and historical event of the Christ's first coming, and then he comes into me in a new way. Great. Kind of okay. like that. Okay. So we're, let's, let's, we're going to take a short break, and then we'll unpack uh, in greater detail the, the coming into our own being in our heart and the, the final coming in judgment at the end of time. So I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Emily Leadham. And you are listening to Real Presence Live. We're visiting this morning with uh, Steve Jones, and we'll be right back. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, I'm Father Chris Alar. If you have lost anyone to a sudden or tragic death, you can still help them. Please visit our website, suicideandhope.com, and memorialize those that you love. There is no obligation or cost. You can simply enter their first name, initials, or a nickname, and I will personally pray for them and have a Mass said each month. Please, again, visit suicideandhope.com. Mayo Pharmacy in Bismarck is a faith-based pharmacy committed to delivering excellent care. We're pro-life and pro-family, respecting the dignity of the human person while providing for your individual needs. We have Catholic gifts for all ages, from mystic monk coffee to cards and crucifixes. Plus, we offer a wide range of clinical services, including rapid influenza testing and diabetes care management. You can visit us at 303 North 4th Street to discover the Mayo difference. Our number is 701-223-2424. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo, parishioner of Saints Anne and Joachim Church in Fargo. I'm excited to share with you the launch of Lumen Vision, providing eye care for the whole family, including eye emergencies, vision therapy, and routine exams. We offer a variety of frames with missions you can believe in, like Eyes of Faith, a frame company that prints scripture verses on the inside of each frame. You can learn more about our mission at lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Emily Leadham. And I am Dr. Chris Bergwald. And we have been having a beautiful conversation this morning with Father Steve Jones, a priest of the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Uh, we've been talking about the three comings of Christ. The first being, uh, of course, at Christmas uh, in the flesh. The second being the coming of him into our souls, received particularly in the gift of baptism. And then um, ultimately the second coming, or maybe I have those, I have the second <laughs> no, two no, backwards. Yeah, I'm sorry. It gets confusing. Um, yeah. It does get a little confusing. So um, Father, can you, can you just briefly kind of recap those three, what we're specifically talking about with each of those three comings? And then I'd love for you to just share some practicals um, for us as faithful, how we can lean into those three comings, how we can experience them anew and how we can better prepare and, and draw closer to the sacred heart of Jesus through this, this approach. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Uh, yeah. So just to recap, you said it well, the first coming is Christmas. That is when God becomes man and we'll be celebrating that in a little less than two weeks. The second coming is in our soul today, uh, during Advent, during our preparations, our spiritual preparations for the great celebration of Christmas. The third coming is uh, the, at the judgment at the end of the world or when we meet Christ after our death. And uh, so, yeah, the, the, the whole trajectory is... Kind of, we're melding those three together, uh, so that when we approach the great celebration of Christmas on Christmas Eve, that our souls will be disposed to receive Christmas joy. And so, we can talk about some practicals there. Would you like me to do that now, or? I yeah, I think that would be really helpful. Um, yeah, I think that would be really helpful, especially if if perhaps uh, maybe we can start with just the the first coming at Christmas, the the flesh, um, how we can better connect to that lived reality of Christ as a as a creature of flesh. Mm. Yeah, great question. Well, I think one of the best practical things to do is have a family confession during Advent, and so mom and dad lead the family, and we should, you know, we can make a, a beautiful event of it. Uh, go, to, go to confession, have a meal. Oh, uh, okay. Father, I thought you meant that we should, like, confess our sins that we've committed against each other with each other. I'm really glad that you <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> you should do that, too, Chris. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that actually is like another great idea. But no, I was going, like, yeah, mom and dad lead together. And the real power of the family confession, and because, so this, what did Christ do? Why did he come in the flesh? Because uh, he knows we have human weakness, and he wants us to free us. He wants to free us from it. So it's a great image. I like the image. Let's go into the confessional, and we'll hand our sins to Jesus. And we'll leave without them, we'll leave in freedom. And then we can even talk, you know, after, wow, how did it feel to be freed by the Lord? So the family confession during Advent, very, very powerful, led by mom and dad. Uh, another specific, now this is, there's a story uh, that you can read on the internet, it's called, uh, it's called A Christmas Without Santa Claus, but uh, the, the, here's the gist of it, the gist of it, it's not that Santa Claus is bad, but the gist of it is the spiritual preparation, so you could have a manger, 
Uh, so what you do is you, you put a manger in your house, little wooden, you can build it or buy it, uh, and then the children add straw to the manger through mm. acts of kindness and sacrifice. So the children and the family, every time you do an act of kindness or sacrifice, you add straw to the manger. And so the idea is as we travel through Advent, more and more straw gets added to our manger through acts of love and sacrifice for each other. And then on Christmas Eve, uh, when we've done that, then the baby Jesus comes and brings, you know, uh, he's born in our manger. And then we celebrate the gifts of the eating of, of, through, wow, he's, he's come to us through virtue during Advent. So that's a, that's a way to help us enter more deeply into that that first coming in particular. Then, yeah, exactly, and okay. and our soul. So the second coming happens in our soul every time we make an act of virtue. I do something kind, sure, a sacrifice, and he right. comes. Yes, yeah, so he's moving me towards the great celebration of the first coming. Okay. Uh, so what then? What if? Mm, go ahead. No, please continue. I was going to say, yeah, continue. Well, okay. So here's another suggestion. Now, some of these, you know, depends on how little your children are. Uh, but uh, the liturgy of the hours is especially beautiful during Advent, and you can get that for the iBreviary iBreviary app, which can maybe downloaded for free. But there's something called the O Antiphons, which start yeah. on the 17th through the 24th. Yep. And there's all kinds of great activities for kids. You, if you Google O, o Antiphons and kids' activities, it'll tie right into the Liturgy of the Hours, and especially the last seven days before Christmas, uh, children can partake of all these ways that Jesus uh, would grow in my soul through these activities around the O Antiphons. They're really beautiful, they're really fun, and they're for adults and for children. I, Father, have you, um, how have you, just specifically with that real quick, for you mm-hmm. praying the old antiphons, have you done that personally? Uh, I, I, you do it as part of Liturgy of the Hours, but any other devotions around it, out of curiosity? Well, uh, the, not a particular devotion, but the song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, yeah. yep. is from the O antiphons. Right. right. You know, why is it so long? You know, if you read this, this all those verses, it's actually the O antiphons. So I find that to be particularly beautiful. So I love to sing that during uh, during Advent, uh, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, which is the O Antiphons. Here's a, the, the fun little thing. Do you know the um, acronym that is formed by the O Antiphons in Latin, Father? I don't. Um, so Emmanuel, yeah. So if you take the sort of the theme of each one of them, um, it's Ero Cross which I think is something like, behold, he comes, or something, or, or uh, oh yeah, tomorrow I will come. Ero cross, tomorrow I oh. will come. That's the, oh, yeah. the, the acronym formed by the seven um, O antiphons, the, the key word in them, so Emmanuel, Rex for king, Oriens, light of the east, etc. Um, which I just, like, the, those little, little liturgical details, which most, I mean, I was completely unaware of for most of my life. Beautiful. 
Yes, so, fa- we, yes. Father, we've got Father. about about four minutes left. Any other, um, a little less than that, even. Um, any any final thoughts in terms of these three comings of Jesus, uh, and how we can, um, thinking of them, enter more deeply into this Advent and then Christmas season. Yeah. Well. I, okay. I just. Uh, uh, it's about being basically a beggar, you know. Mm. That's what it comes down to. Jesus, I want to receive you. And so I like to follow the liturgical year, which what that says is don't celebrate Christmas early, right? So Adventus Advent means the coming, the King is coming. And so I would say set aside the Christmas carols, set aside the parties. Oh. Uh, Brutal. And, and wait. Wait till Christmas. So Wait. here's a story. Uh, it, it, this uh, guy came to an old priest. This guy came to an old white priest, and he said, Father, uh, I know, you know we're not supposed to do Christmas decorations right now, but the only time I have is this you know, Thanksgiving weekend or this weekend, and can I put up my Christmas decorations? And the old white priest said, he said, uh, don't do any of that stuff. He said, don't decorate, don't have parties. Don't celebrate. He said, during Advent, I just want you to put one candle in your window every night and pray some extra uh, prayers with your family for Jesus to come and fill your hearts. That's the best way to celebrate Advent, to quiet down and open ourselves to the presence. Amen. Amen, Father. That's an invitation for all of us. Well, Father, thank you so much for sharing your your passion and your uh, insights with us this afternoon or this morning. It's really, yeah, it's just such a gift to see your uh, practical ideas for families and and for individuals in this Advent season uh, to better prepare. So thank you so much for joining us this morning, Father. Thank you all. Thank you both. It's been a great joy for me. And then God bless everyone in these final days of it. Amen. Thanks, Father Jones. And thank you. God bless. Emily, bye. Goodbye. I love the manger idea that he shared. Yeah, to 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 put straw mm-hmm. and, uh, as yeah. you, uh, acts of kindness, yeah. virtue, virtue. Yeah. 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 I always struggle to be totally honest with the decorate or don't decorate uh, leading up to. I know you do. Uh, I think in, in my last one, I announced that. It wasn't I wasn't here last month. I was. Oh, it was last month on Real Presents. I said I need to get something off my chest. We put up our Christmas tree, um, and and because I struggle, in, because in some ways that actually I think can help us prepare. Right. You know, like to be setting our size, our our sights on uh, the coming, and. Um, I think I said, you know, I'm not a total pagan. It's not like we put Jesus out in the manger or anything like that. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there is there is kind of that balance, I think, of how do we find that simplicity to really lean into the Christmas season. You had messaged here. me, I think, actually, somewhere around there. Um, putting up the Christmas decorations, don't judge. I, <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, funny. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to, maybe next year we'll have to try. Um, totally shifting and not putting anything up until uh, until Christmas and see how it changes the disposition of my heart. That yes, would be ma'am. interesting. Amen. 
Well, friends, we uh, up next are going to be talking all about solemnities and holy days of obligation. We have one of our favorite priests of the diocese, Father Christopher Cowles, um, who will be on with us tackling this beautiful topic. So I'm Emily Leadham. And I'm Dr. Chris Berg. You're listening to Real Presence Live, and we will be back after this break. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. <laughs> 